January 17, 2024. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
It's a foregone conclusion We're in the last days Everyone's pissed off And the sky's a haze You think it's hot now Well, it's gonna get hotter The trains are on time But we're all living underwater Living underwater show turn the monitor off what fucking 22 years seven months doing this show and i'm still blowing clams start off with bye bye blackbird live excerpt from november 22nd 1963 john coltrane this classic quartet then we had bart doing living underwater and because of those estonian software engineers with their skype invention i got with me tim sue bart welcome aboard hey Hey, so Hey, Tim. You know, briefly, you had that video on, and it looked like your pad in Water Valley. It is our pad in Water Valley. Okay, because I thought you were on fucking tour. And well, then, we I were, was, uh, then I was, was fearing, funny. though, because the weather is so heavy. I'd say, why would they be touring now? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was back in uh, late November, early December. Okay, so I'm a month behind in the news. Okay, okay. <laughs> So you're safe in so the water va- valley. Good. That's great. That's great. Okay. Because, you know, I was reading about these snowstorms, especially northeast, and I know you were in some of those parts. Uh, we, are, we, are, we are iced in at the moment. Even Mississippi. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah for two days. Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, two days. Let me tell the listeners, that they're in Water Valley, which is close to Oxford, Mr. Faulkner's town. And like, also uh, for you people with PV amplifiers near Meridian. <laughs> And uh, but but it's the north it's the northeast part of of, of Mississippi and man I, I I heard that uh, Nashville got a lo- bunch of snow last night. Knoxville got um probably about eight or nine inches. Knoxville even more well that's Knoxville. more more yeah. Appalachian. But I heard Nashville yeah. got a bunch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nashville and Memphis both got. And Memphis too. Wow. Because yeah. usually yeah. by the river that calms things out. Okay. So the weather's be careful, people. 
Be careful. <laughs> but let's talk about your new stuff. Well, how'd the tour go? Let's talk about that. It was great. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. We, had, we had a great time. Okay. Uh, I got to tell the listeners, we got to share the stage in your town. And that's when I yes. realized that you guys had been on my sh- You know, we talked to their pad people. And, you know, there was something familiar going on. And, like, I do an invite to them. And, like, we've already been on the show. Why? <laughs> in fact, well, the we connect were, we were was Mike Bagetta. <laughs> yeah, we were living in Knoxville. That's um, right. That's and It all came back to me. You know, yeah. slowly the Alzheimer got beat down and memory was restored. <laughs> and, yeah. I can't. I was so embarrassed. It was right before we 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 pulled anchor too, man. And so the whole trip to the next gig, I'm thinking, you stupid fuck. Anyway, <laughs> a senior moment, obviously. Uh, yeah. So uh, okay, man. You guys were so good at that gig. It was Thank at the you. that that uh, crawdad pad that crowd was, home. right yeah. started doing gigs, and uh, I really enjoyed that gig very much. And you guys were kicking up much dust. So. So the tour was more like that. Like we got a preview. What you guys? Because we were with you in, in, in the end of October, right? Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, we were kind of getting starting to get on a roll of playing gigs, and uh, so yeah, we were, you caught you caught the front end of that. And right. It just right. Got- and uh, when you guys tour, what do you use for a vehicle? We have a we have a minivan, so we go stealth. We look like soccer mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not smart. I mean, there's plenty of room for two people in gear, and we actually had a friend come with us. Who's Will Griffith has an act called The Great Dying, and he opened the shows. And uh, so even with three of us, it was it was no big deal. Plenty of room. Now, shoes on the drums. Although you were threatening to go back to bass, you were telling me because <laughs> you saw I'm me sorry. in a fucking chair. You thought it was okay to be in. A... By the way, you know I'm going to do this porno for pyro tour and Paris. It's okay if I'm in a chair. In fact, Pert gave me one of. He's got one of these. It's got four legs, you know, drummer, they call them thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's got a little back, a uh, little lumbar support. Oh, sweet. Yeah, and with four legs, harder to, you know, fall over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still I would, possible. I would, find a way, I would find a way to tip over. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you were talking about that. So you just had your little drum kit and then uh, Tim and his six and his amp and then uh, Will, what what did he have? Acoustic was he like acoustic uh, guitar singer songwriter type? Yeah, he had, a, he had an acoustic guitar and he had an electric too. He brought his Telecaster. He played most of the time. Just <clears throat> yeah, he played solo. Um, he used your amp, right? So all that stuff could fit. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because okay. I take two amps. I take a bass amp and a guitar amp for the bass six. Oh yeah, yeah, right. So you can get some low and still do chords yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was blown away. I didn't realize by the recordings that you were doing that you know but it was very apparent you know seeing your life people uh, fender makes this thing called a fender six and it's got a whammy bar i mean if you wouldn't know it's like a giant guitar in a way (laughs) and it's tuned down an octave like a bass but it's got littler strings so it ain't got it's different sound you could play chords on this thing no problem yeah the strings are somewhere between a bass and a baritone kind of right okay yeah. It's really interesting, and uh, it, it, you know the band it, it gives a, a great thing. And Sue, and you both sing together so well. So those tunes that you were playing, because I remember rock band and that stuff. Uh, yeah, that that's what you were kind of supporting for this tour. Yeah, we did that. We yeah that, and there were I think one or two new songs. Yeah, we yeah we we played a couple of new songs while yeah. we were out, but yeah, yeah. We, okay, we got, you know four records out now so we 
we still play one or two from the first one, but mostly from the more recent ones. Well, you just get you gave me this song, Work in Progress. Where's this in the timeline? <laughs> now? <laughs> Let's listen. <laughs>
From the time I could crawl, I would be under the grand piano in our living room. My mother would be playing, and I'd be listening. And looking at the construction. The meeting of wood and metal. As the combination of notes across, across the, the 88 keys resonate. It would re- resonate. It's, it's a Steinway, Steinway was... with legs that seem both plant and animal-like. It's an intermediate, which is between a baby and concert grand. My mother has had the piano since she was 15. of the left eye watches over me the blossoms of the cherry tree the cadence of the melody embraces me the sequence is begun riders dismount Make a camp here by Jove. The gifts passed down to me. The mystery. Adorned and adored adoration. Creases on my fingers, new places on my face, everything accelerates. Don't stop yet, you'll know when the time is right. Trust me, believe me. Now night is falling, but there's light enough yet to see the shape of all creation. Praise be the ambiguities. I knew nothing of this book. Chronometricals and horologicals
Just wants to break my heart. This world just wants to break my heart. This world just wants to break my heart. 
Watford Pedro show that chunk of music star off Vark doing work in progress. And some brand new stuff from friends of mine, like Sarah Reddick's uh, Ashtray out of France, Lyon in the southeast. Huh? He had me do the spiel for this. Then out of Anchorage, Muskeg Mudsuck with Ode to Pogue. To a Pogue. So maybe uh, Shane, huh? Just lost him. And uh, it's trippy. He's. I didn't understand so much the letter that came with it, but maybe they're all from, like, people have been using his music for TikTok video. So, yeah, that's a concept. <laughs> you know, Johnny Thunders did this record, Bootleg and the Bootleggers, right? These guys were all bootlegging him, so he got all these fucking records, and then he's talking in between, you know, oh, I remember playing this one, writing this one, and shit, and then he, pl- he actually played the bootleg, you know. He bootlegged him, his own bootlegs, yeah. Why not? Fuck. Why, why not? Yeah. yeah, and Neil Turpin. This is a drummer man who turned into a, a one-man band kind of thing because of the situation. He was at home, and now he's doing this record. I think his third or fourth album now out of England. I met him in Leeds. He was drumming for Bilge Pump, but now, yeah, he's doing this Neil Turpin man alone solo. This was called In Its Own Sweet Time. I guess when you're the shock caller, that's the way it is, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perpets, uh, no, Village of Spaces, Byron Coley sent me this uh, a tune called Marion, something off his uh, Feeding Tube records. Uh, then Perpets, with the, they got this big piece called Patina, it's in four parts, and this is the first part. Guide by Voices, Mother Mirth, yeah, Bob Pollard. I think there's another one coming, too, so, you know, every other month, right, this guy. <laughs> I can't believe him. He's a little prolific. Just a little bit. And then, you know, if that ain't happening, then there's circus devils and, you know, whatever the fuck, Boston spaceships. You know, he he can just, he can wail on it, man. Uh, Danny Yamas out of Spain with, he's got brand new, Marco Serrato on the ball. Una Moneda Alera. And then Eugene Chadbord, Professor Eugene, with uh, Miss Anne in the hallway. He's been sending me these guitar things every day, and uh, I think I'm up to 530 of them now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, the prolific thing, right? If you want to you know, walk yeah. from Pedro Show, just fucking record buttloads. When, when, when was <laughs> it that he said with us? Yeah. Did he? Chadbord. Yeah, so he was in Psychability a long time ago. Remember, like, yeah, electric yeah. rake yeah. and that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah living in Greensboro. Shockabilly stayed with us in, in Jackson, Mississippi in 1981, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I played Midnight Sun. Yeah. I think that's after 81, but it was before 91. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> God, it was a trippy night because of the police academy graduation time. So all the oh, hoodies were out celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> tripping, tripping night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One life is many gigs, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, under the piano, David Greenberger and Tyson Rogers. Dave Greenberger's got this autobiography new CD out. Ben Salder's got a new album. He's in Tasmania. It's called Counting. Zach Rosen with Pick Up the Pieces. Sounds like a average white. Uh, right? Didn't they have Pick Up the Bees? Some kind yeah, of funk jam, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, but they say, you can't copyright a song title. This is one. <laughs> and then finally, Bark. This world. And where's this world in the timeline? Uh, that's from the Terminal Everything album, which came out in late 19. Okay, so, was- yeah, we talked about that already. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Okay. 
And uh, what about the work in progress? That's from the new album. Okay. So that was kind of contempo. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, tell me about the, the, you know, the work in progress, the new album. Was it done there at your pad? No, we did it. We actually did it in Water Valley at a studio here called Dalback Sound. It's owned by Matt Patton, who's a bass man with Drive-By Truckers and Dexatines. And, uh, Model Citizen. You know, he's got his band Model Citizen, too. And it's a cool studio. Bruce Watson, you know, Fat Possum Records started it years ago and did a lot of, like, T-Model Ford and the, the blues guys there. And then when Bruce moved to Memphis, Matt bought the studio, and uh, it's 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 a cool place. You know, it's um, a trippy record on Fat Possum. What's that? Stooges. Yeah, it was yeah. actually a Stooges album. It, it, I think it was it was really trippy. It's called yeah. Ready to Die. Nick's got like one of these suicide bomber vests on with dynamite. <laughs> and I remember James Williams would tell me that like, he brought that shit on the plane. <laughs> no, it was just jokey, you know, for a picture, but it's like, yeah, not too jokey. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, they, they that the last Stooges record was on Fat Possum. That's great. Is it? Isn't the next X record going to be on? Well, the last Fat one I know they're in the studio right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last one was on Fat Possum. Okay, okay. So you know, that, my, my my point about music being music ain't too far off then, right? Fuck yeah. genre. Yeah. <laughs> it's both yeah. Bullshit. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, uh, how long did it take to do? We did it in a couple of sessions uh, that were like, both of them were three or four days. We did six sessions, six songs, and then came back and did four. Was it like gigging in front of the mic? You had all the stuff written and record, uh, practiced up and stuff? Yeah, we just, we recorded everything live. Yeah. And then, then there were some overdubs and, you know, just production stuff. But we redid some vocals. Uh, we Some of the vocals are live, though. Um, you know what they call scratch ends up keeper. Yeah. People, yeah, that's we, a lesson just, to learn. Yeah. yeah just, with you, you cats in your bedrooms, you know, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the scratch usually, is the keeper. We usually try, try to... Of course, because there's a feeling you can't get back. Do the vocal that's going to be, you know, the keeper. Absolutely. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, January 17, 2024. This is Peter's special guest, Tim Sue from Bark. Hold tight for hour two. January 17, 2024. It's the second hour of Watt Pedro's show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Bark doing the good part. Then we had uh, La Camera Encantada, and this is live at the Eugene Difficult Music Ensemble New Music Fest 2023, Day 3, composed by Andrea Montalbano, performed by the Eugene Difficult Music Ensemble. Makes sense. Wire lines with uh, transatlantic flight after that. Barry Stock followed with cloud control. No, we're not in Asia. Cloud control. <laughs> Finally, bark. Big old party. So the good part. Off air, we're talking about why it got triggered <laughs> <laughs> by that thing. Mike Rouse is, you know, kind of a. He knows your, uh, you know, he's on your side when he's hollering up at you. You play the good one, right? Uh, you know the set's going good. <laughs> play the good one, and this is like even beyond that, right? Not just the good one, but the good part in the good one. Yeah. So, were you thinking anything about? I mean, where does titles come when you guys compose? Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, just well, why'd ask you? that? Because I always got to start with the title. And like hardly Dude. anybody asks, does it that way? <laughs> yeah. I'll start with a chorus. For some reason or other, that's the first thing that comes to me. Yeah, well, I just need an anchor point so I know how yeah. to aid and abet, you know, otherwise I'm just, yeah, jazz odyssey or whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's something about the tab. But most cats, it seems it's after the fact. Ah, we'll call it this. Yeah. 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 I tend to start with a first line, and if it's inspired at all, then it then I can kind of just keep going. Um, they say with writers uh, talking about Mr. Faulkner's town, you know, the, the, the first sentence, right? That's really yeah. important. The, the, the grabber. Absolutely. Uh, and so t- tell me about the good part. Well, that one was, uh, terminal everything. Yeah. That's back to the terminal everything album. But we, that, uh, that song was about a friend of ours who was got deathly ill out of the blue, and uh, the whole chorus is we haven't even gotten to the good part yet, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, you know facing that down with somebody. It's tough. No, we we were talking right. You cooked uh, yeah. some chow, you know, before we left, and I remember me and you talked about. When you got good health, you don't even realize it, you know. And then, whoa, when you lose it, you sure. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, yeah, it's like what the fuck. Yeah, so that's that's what that one is. And a uh, big old party, kind of the same thing. <laughs> same record, but exact same. It was, you know, that that whole record was kind of informed by the death of family members and friends and dogs, pets, you know, a little bit and. That song... I mean, you could say that, but you could also say, hey, diary entry. Yeah, yeah. I think diario... I think the word uh, uh, means the day. What happened during the day. It could be bad, it could be good. Yeah. Well, Big O Party was the last song we wrote for that record, and it was just kind of like... It was actually the day that that friend of ours that I was just talking about died, and it was just like, man... I don't have any, you know, we don't have any more sad songs in us. So we're just going to have to have a big old party and celebrate all these people. You know about the tradition of the jig with the fucking old-timey Shakespeare? No. No. Okay, the jig. I mean, it's kind of insane, but I think it fits here. Uh, 
It'd be something like fucking Hamlet, you know, Romeo, everybody's dead almost. My one person, right, the Ishmael role. <laughs> but uh, they want the people going home all bummed out and shit, right? So all the actors, even the motherfuckers who were dead or whatever, or bad guys, good guys, they all get up and they come back on stage and they do this little dance while they're saying all these dirty jokes. They're singing, <laughs> and like, yeah, everybody's cracking up and shit. So they all go home. It's like the palate cleanser. There you go. Well, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, well, that's where it. the idea of the jig. <laughs> so when uh, when when you said the jig is up, that means that's what it. You know, the, the play's is over, but that's not really the end of the show, right? It's when the jig <laughs> is up. Right. Nice. Yeah, so what? It's a little fucking information monitor, right? Okay. <laughs> well, you got this. James Robertson must turn right. Starving. <laughs>
Pedro Show, that chunk of music, Star of Bark, doing James Robertson, Must Turn Right. And then, yes, Selma, brand new, Mazes of the 13th Moon. Obama's Prendon after that with Darcy's Jungle, Malio. And then, they're from D.C., but yeah, get a little lion on your ass, right? And finally, Bark with Float. Uh, yeah, okay, in lightness. You know, how many, how many letters in left? Huh? <laughs> the the word left. How many letters? Four. How many letters in the word port? Four. Four. Yeah, you'll never forget. <laughs> because my pop hated. He thought it was too ambiguous to use that uh, affirmative word for a direction. 
<laughs> it was probably the mil- Navy, right? Beating it yeah. into this fucking... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Funny. So, like, in the boat, you know, uh, Mike Baghetti, he learned that. <laughs> so you're in that starboard seat. You're, you're Navigatora, huh? So, but but like, I, I don't have the skinny on James Robertson must turn starboard. So, you know what Italiano left is Sinisteria. It's like a bad thing, right? Yeah. He used to beat you and tie your arm behind your back and shit. Ouch. Yeah, I know. Fucked up. Just for being born wrong, quote, unquote. Mm. Anyway, gauche, right, in French. What's this about James Robertson? James, um, that's a song that we covered. It was written by David Olney, um, great songwriter guy that he died on stage early 2020. Um, this past weekend. Yeah, like, yeah. Early 2020. He, yeah, he was during that 30A songwriter festival. He was in a songwriter in a round. And middle of the song, just stopped and said, "I'm sorry," and put his head down and was gone. Jeez. And, yeah. Yeah. But Olney was a great cat. He was. Uh, no, he there's was, uh, there's other people who've died on stage. Warren Marsh, yeah. this tenor player, Raymond took me to see. Yeah. I think he was played out of this world. I mean, there's no yeah. lyrics, but <laughs> the title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Johnny Guitar yeah. Watson died on stage, didn't he? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So maybe that's not a bad thing if you're really into music. You gotta yeah, go. I mean, you gotta go. But tell me about this man. So he um, he was around for a long time. He was like in you know late seventies, early eighties. Had a band, David Olney and the X Rays, and um, but he wrote songs. He was a real unique songwriter. Like he wrote a song about Jesus riding into Bethlehem from the point of view of the donkey. Whoa. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, he just was, you know, he had a different, he was just, he was a real smart guy, and on stage, he would just kind of go off into these realms that were really beautiful and, you know, strange, and um, he could all but raise the dead, I like to say, you know. But you he, know, how do you spell his last name? O-L-N-E-Y. You know what? There was a drummer man, Tony Olney, right? We just lost. Yeah. Experimental uh, cat. Same oh, name. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of his music, man. I, I didn't really know about him, and now now I want to check out your buddy here. And, yeah, only it was a trip. He was, and he was, we played some shows together, and he was a big champion of ours and, you know, talked us up to people and stuff, which was always sweet. But uh, that song, I just happened to see this uh, in live, stream. live stream the, the afternoon that he, before he died. And he played that song, and I'd never heard it before, and I thought it was pretty, an oddball song, but he he introduced it by saying, you know, he's lived in Nashville, and there's James Robertson Parkway, and the highways there were under construction, so he pulls up, and there's this sign that says, James Robertson must turn right. I'm reading James Robertson Parkway. And, you know, <laughs> Name of the road. But... And he, so again, he, yeah. he started with the title, you know, that thing. He saw, it's like, that's the title of a song, and wrote a song so wow well wow. why not you know yeah and uh yeah going out on stage whoa anyway yeah. you 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 made me curious so i, I want to check out his stuff i want to check out his stuff uh people are at the end of the second hour january 17 2024 edition Peter, so special guest tim sue bark hold tight for hour three
January 17, 2024, third hour, Watt for Pedro Show. Nothing ever 
off for Pedro Show. Start off third hour. Bark. So much time. And then Fence and Plague. Bows and Arrows against the Lightning. Finally, Bark. Love minus action. Yeah, that uh, Fence and Plague. That's uh, Welcome to Gaza, the Benefit Cop situation. Uh, it, it's trippy about so much time because we were talking about running out of time, right? With your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had to take a drummer, or maybe I should say, I had the opportunity of taking a drummer that was seven months short of 40 years younger than me. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Which shows you it's kind of good days, right? In the old days, that would have never happened. But uh, I remember, hey, what? It's like two hours before sound. We got two hours to kill. And I just looked at him. <laughs> Maybe when I was his age. He was 22. Uh, this is, that's the year we started Minutemen. Yeah. And uh, so he's a young man. He's not a kid. But uh, just different sensibility, right? So, yeah. so so much time. Which record's that one from? That's from the new one, Wow. Okay, okay. So it wasn't really informed by all that sadness from the one before. Okay. And Love Minus Action? New album. Okay. First song. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Watts really got it together. <laughs> Sorry about that. So when it comes time for picking orders, you know, the sequence. You know, in the old days, it's where the needle went, right? So yeah. pretty probably put the shitty, shitty, shittier song by the label. Yeah. That's, right. That's how we came up with the order with double nickels. On the, you know, how are we going to put 48 songs in order, you know? So I just thought, well, you know, the needle on the outside. So if we pick one at a time, yeah, all the good ones will be on it. So how'd you pick Love Minus Action? I don't know. It just seemed like the kind of most immediate song. It's the one that when people heard it, they kind of reacted to, um, you know, it's kind of got an anthemic chorus, which is not really our style all the time. So, uh, Except Rock know, Club. It, it, Rock Club's got anthemic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I I end up doing the sequence. You do. You do the sequencing, and you and you really do it by feel. Yeah, you know, back in the days of steam-powered amplifiers, when I was making records for DB Records, yeah, Danny Beard always had like he had a formula that he really liked. Like the first song was first, the second best song was second, the third best song was the first song on the second side. Yeah, and that's kind of how we did the double nickel sing. Yeah, you know, and so I do try to keep that in mind. Some and um, but uh, but how do you pick from all your children which one's the best? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who's oh, the, well, I mean, the stepchild? That's <laughs> <laughs> a personal prejudice thing. That one hugs the label, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. No, in that case, it really was a matter of just that's the one that people seem to relate to. That you know, mm-hmm. when you listen back in the studio, everybody was pumping their fist, and so you go like, all right, people react to this one. Maybe that should go first. Uh, then it was the last quote-unquote single that was put out in the world before the record came out. Okay, okay. And and, and you think there was kind of, you know, like you said, there was kind of a tema, kind of a theme on the last record. For this one? Not really. Mm-mm. So no. more of a, like, collection of tunes? Yeah, I mean, and a lot of those songs did get written during the whole pandemic thing. And, you know, fortunately, being a two-piece band that lives in the same house, you know, we, did, it, we didn't get to stop writing songs and practicing and stuff, um, even though we weren't going out and playing. So, and we were still living in Knoxville when we recorded this. We, we were living in Knoxville, came here to Water Valley to record twice before we moved here. And, yeah, and then ended up moving here. Yeah. Okay. But, but it was, yeah, we, the songs were more, I think, 
I know like Love Minus Action was kind of influenced by that sort of, you know, isolation in the world and everything that was going on in the world at that point in time. And um, probably might not have gotten written if it hadn't been for that. Um, you know, that period of not being engaged in the world quite so much, except from a distance. Right, right. Well, I keep talking about this rock club song, so let's play it. <laughs> Rock Club. 
Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. That chunk started out with Bart doing Rock Club. And we had another tune from that comp, Benefit Comp. Thank you, uh, Randolph and Graham, for getting that together. And Waheed's Tear Strewn Ordeal, Ordealicastra. <laughs> yeah, they morphed the word <laughs> orchestra with ordeal, so it's like Ordealicastra. <laughs> Very clever. And then finally, Bark. And this is a collab, I think, because it's in parentheses with Black Atticus doing Apocalypse Shimmy. Enlighten me, please. Apocalypse Shimmy is actually another cover. Uh, it's a band from Jackson, Mississippi called Liver Moose did that. and uh, It was on Terminal Everything. Yeah, that song ended up being on Terminal Everything. Just And Atticus is a, you know, he's actually the, the official poet laureate of Knoxville, Tennessee right now. But he's a poet and rapper, um, just a great friend of ours that we did several things with. And when we recorded that song, we just, we brought him in. And it was fun because, you know, he just, we sent him the track and then he came and hung out. He sat outside with a notepad and just scribbled lyrics and scribbled lyrics. And then went in and just knocked it out in like one take and then doubled his parts in the second one. Yeah. It was really impressive. It was wow. awesome. Yeah. You did it in Knoxville? Yeah. Because I thought, oh, because this was the other record. Okay, because yeah. I thought you yeah. said you did you did this new one in Water Valley. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, the first tune, Rock Club, we were talking off air, people, about, because we're kind of a little less younger. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, our, our first rock and roll experiences ain't clubs. No. And I think maybe that's why, maybe, uh, 
Some people from that era are really true believers in the movement because if all you knew was arena rock, you don't know how bitching a club. I think it's easy to take, like we were talking about health, right? When you have good health, you take it for granted. And when you got rock clubs to go to, yeah, you take it for granted. Man, when the only thing you're going to is hockey rinks and auditoriums and shit to see, you know, half-inch tall people and terrible sound and everybody sitting in the dark. From the nosebleed section. From the nosebleed. It's just... You know, and and in that way, and this is why I think, really, when I look back, that the movement was not really about beats per minute or funny haircuts and funny names, although that was a big part of it. It's yeah. really about anti-arena rock. It's trying to get the music back into littler pads. I mean, how many bands were started at an arena rock show and how many bands were started at a club? Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a Same thing with the record store. You know, somebody was telling me about meeting cats at records. I said, yeah, that's where you used to meet people oh, and talk about music good. and clubs, too. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I still love going to rock clubs. I mean, the place <laughs> that MSSV played here, the Voyager's Rest at the Crawdaddle. Right. If I'm home and they have a show, I'm there. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a good vibe. It's That's where I'm comfortable. As a, it's walking distance. Well, for me, it's walking distance. <laughs> I, mean, it's just a, I like being a place that's comfortable like that, as opposed to like in a, some assigned seat somewhere. Yeah, right. You got to step over 20 people to go to the bathroom, you know, right. like, this, and, you know. And there's a, a lot of lights and, you know, special effects because <clears throat> the music, you know, it's probably the worst way to experience music. It is for me. All of those things that sort of happened in the, in that seemed to happen in the 80s that sort of, you know, got the word out. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, at first, college radio was not punk at all, man. Oh, my no, God. No. Yeah, I used to call up the stations for SST. They, Greg had me use the name Spaceman, so it didn't sound like it was <laughs> one of the guys in the band, although that probably would have been a better <laughs> idea. So I'd call up, these motherfuckers are playing Journey and shit because they're looking for jobs after college. It's like T. Boone yeah. called them corporate pawns. So, yeah. yeah, there was no adventurous uh, music. They're all looking, you know... It, it happened with, I, I say R.E.M. is the one that got bands starting to get play on college radio. Yeah. yeah. And then you're right about the zines, too, because, but I don't I don't think there's really Xerox machines until 70s and 80s, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right, because I, I was really into this thing in the 60s called, uh, called the Principia Discordia, and they were using mimeograph machines. Nice. Remember that wow. shit in school, that purple ink yeah. kind of, sm- yeah. you know that smell, you know? Did. Yeah. <laughs> It had that weird smell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so what's next? Um, well, what, what is next? We're playing that um, that uh, Dialback Sound um, showcase at the Heathers Homecoming in Athens. That's the Drive by Truckers' big homecoming weekend in Athens in February, and that's all we've got. Yeah, we're just we're starting to work on a Midwest tour for later in the spring. I have a public radio gig that makes it hard to tour except for certain times of the year. So my next big window will be in late spring. So we're working on that now. Okay. And so no, like no recording though, because you're still got, no, you we've got some songs record. we're working on and we probably will try to record a few at some time. Just have, don't have a plan at this point. You know, the invites out as soon as you get that stuff, please bring it and come on the show. Right. We'll play it and talk about it, Tim. Sue, please. Okay. Yeah. And I wish you the best of luck and hopefully the hell ride to Athens is with some good weather. Yeah, well, yeah. that's a couple. That's a few weeks away. So hopefully, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be. I'm sending out the well wishes. 
Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, and it's always great to hear it. I can't wait till we share the stage again. I know it's, it's yeah. Here. Okay. That was a blast. It really was. Really was. Thank you so much for being on, and please keep on keeping on. Back at you. Okay. Okay. People, January 17, twenty twenty four. Just what Peter should keep you powder dry.